for Pulver EDU. We have the pleasure to join together again after like a few month break. Pretty amazing. That's you know really in my way, in my opinion, the best way to do this course is not like week by week or even bi weekly. I'm happy that it's every month or even every two months because really it's about application and that's what today's session is going to be. Not only to apply, but how do we internalize what we're talking about over here so that it should actually make a big impact on our life? As Tony Robbins always says that his massive action, you know, like we've got to impact our lives. It shouldn't be just strategy that's theoretical. It needs to be something that's practical and real, authentic, manifesting, all the good words that we use nowadays to bring alive these concepts to our daily life. And that's uniting souls globally through this universal principle. So really appreciate you joining again. And we're going to review. That's the first step. I'll just read out what I wrote all those months ago when I put this course together with my soulmate. Reviewing what we learned so far from our discussions. It's really to internalize each stage of growth and all the discussions and realizations that we had here together. So the more that people came together, the more we obviously were bringing out realizations. The world is built with time for review. Every week, it's a secular, sorry, a secular, I don't know how to say it. Can you help me with that word? But it goes around in a cycle. Yeah, secular. It goes around in a cycle the week. It's built with the pattern of seven. And all of creation is built with that concept. You don't have to be a religious person to witness that. It's within the, the creation. There's the idea of ten, binary, one and zero. But there's also patterns like seven, human beings built with ten fingers and ten toes. And there's also seven aspects of, of creation and foundation, seven days of of the week, seven colors in the rainbow, seven notes in the piano with the octave and the eighth. These are realities in creation which is discussed by the holy scriptures, but also in concepts of, of application that we live nowadays through a calendar, a Google calendar. This is like even the way we started this course today, the idea of bi-weekly or weekly. It's, it's in, ingrained in our being to have a weekend to have a sabbatical, to have a Sabbath, however we want to call it. Every week we work towards this weekend and this holiday time which we're in currently right now, which is a day of internalization or a time period of internalization. All this needs to be done in a balanced way with as much positivity as possible. So that's really important that, you know, I think my, my soulmate put that last point in. And you would agree that in order to internalize something, that it should stay in your memory, that it should should impact your way of thinking and, and your activities for the week to come and the time period to come. Say this is a, sometimes for two weeks you go away, you have a time off to internalize, like many people do during this time of year. The, the key is it should be with positivity because in order for the body and the soul and the emotional world to accept these concepts and internalize it in a way that you remember it and it impacts, it has to be with positivity. I'll give you a story that I remember hearing from one of my teachers a long time ago. It was around 21 years ago. And I remember the story because the person saying it said it with such passion. 
but the concept of the story made a big impact on my being. Um, there was a famous rabbi in the, uh, I think, the 17th century, around that time. His name was the Chosim Sofer. He was a Rav Moshe Sofer. He was a very, very big leader of, of the, you know, the Jewish world at that time. And he was very much trying to deal with all the developments of evolution and Haskalah, they call it in Hebrew. But it, was, it wasn't a simple time for the Jewish world in terms of, you know, there was a lot of revolution going on, there was a lot of changes, and he was the person at that time leading it. And he was able to remember things that people had said to him 20, 30, 40 years ago. So one of the people um, came up to him and was about to say something to him, do you remember? He says, yes, and he quoted it. He said, how do you remember that? I told you that 20-something years ago. How do you remember that, Holy Rabbi? How did you remember so he said, because when I experience life and a concept that's meaningful to me, I experience it with all my heart and with all my passion and all my energy, and it makes such a profound effect on my being that there's no way I could ever, ever forget it. It's, it's impossible. So this holy rabbi that taught me this, who spoke with such eloquence and it was such a passion, his name was um, Nachman Bullman, he was a very special rabbi, just down the road he actually was teaching at that time, where I live now, and he's not alive unfortunately anymore, but he spoke and he did speak, if anyone could hear his recordings, with such an energy and passion that I didn't forget that concept as well. And that stayed with me till now. In order to be able to review, really, to really internalize something, we have to really make it meaningful. We have to truly believe it and internalize it. If it's done in such a way that it's like, eh, you know, like the way the school system's built, you just memorize it for that test, and then very quickly it goes from one ear to the other. But you manage to get it out on paper the next day, but it was nothing to do with the heart level, it's nothing so profound in your mind. You know, if you would ask me what I learned in school, and in my, in, we call it in England, the GCSEs or A-levels, you know, there's a lot of that information I would happily not remember, Yeah. So that's the school system which is built for memorization, but only short term. And maybe they have a goal, the system that you will learn it long term. But based on experience and based on the way the world's talking nowadays about the school system, you know, the big leaders out there who've been successful, they're saying the whole school system needs to be revamped. It's, it's missing that passion. It's missing that ability to, for people to truly learn knowledge. And often most people, like including myself, only after school start going on that journey of, of true, not, um, seeking out true knowledge and true development of the internal world. You're not really going to get it from the school system. You're not going to get practical ways of how to deal with real life. For example, you know, as one of the famous speakers out there mentioned, you don't learn any of the tax systems. You don't learn how to pay taxes. You don't learn how to deal with government um, you know, edicts and, and rules. You don't know any of the real things that when you have to go to build a business or pay your bills or anything like that, you have no concept what's going on. So you're sort of ignorant and you have to turn to other people to be able to, but there's no reason why the system couldn't teach you those kind of practical, important realities. I do think on some level, without getting conspiracy, you know, into conspiracy theories, but they're preventing us from having the wisdom that's needed, unfortunately, to be able to really be more dynamic and proactive. I don't know why they do that. I don't know what their intention is. Maybe control, power, keep us ignorant kind of thing. I hope that's not the case. But either way, if we're talking about in a positive sense, 
changing the world and bringing the world to united souls, to bring it to a level of, of unity, there's going to have to be much more knowledge available in a real way that people internalize and people relate to and experience. Like, for example, nowadays, a lot of people are internalizing knowledge through visual tools, yeah? Like, we're here right now talking together through Zoom, and if you go online, often you're going to experience information through visual classes. For example, on Instagram, it's a very visual app, and it's probably one of the most popular apps there is. TikTok even more, so I would say. There's, even, there's almost no text there. And everything's very visual and impactful, and people are remembering the memos and all this stuff, you know, excuse me, through, even when you're, like, texting with someone, you've got images and all this stuff, you're, you're texting all this information, it's visual, yeah? I often, nowadays, just send send an image to someone rather than even typing. Maybe that's laziness, maybe that's a mistake, maybe I should make the extra effort, like my, you know, grandparents, they would write eloquently a letter to someone, or there was more expression and more more connection through the form of writing, and nowadays it's all just very abbreviated, it's almost become a new language. But for our purposes today, we, as much as we want to impact change around us, we at least have to change ourselves, and therefore we're going to have to review and internalize everything in a very real, powerful way. It's not enough for us to just go over what we did, like, you know, like, oh, okay, it was interesting, maybe it will make a difference, maybe it won't. If we do that, if we're not all in, then the results, unfortunately, will not be all in. And I've seen that in my life, when I'm all in, when I'm totally present in my relationship, it's so much more effective with my wife or my children. Right now it's holiday time, so I, I have to work still, unfortunately, but I'm able to here and there take a break or take a day off here and there. And I have to be present. As much as the phones are pulling at us, but the power, the effectiveness of the impact of a relationship where you're totally in. Like I had one of the best moments was when I took my phone, put it in a bag, and went swimming with my kids for a few hours. And hadn't, I, didn't, I said to my wife, I did not look at the phone for the last few hours. And it was such a powerful... I know that sounds like, well, why not? Everyone should do that. But for my situation, when I was running a tour in America... Um, at, that, at the last few weeks, thank God, it was a successful tour for one of my music artists. I was a lot on the phone, obviously, because I had to keep up to date what was going on with the clients and the artists and the, the team and, and different you know, logistics. So it was great just to put the phone away. And I was also trying to promote the events that were going on. So just to put it away, as well as do my other business stuff, put it away, all of it, and just be present. And that was the best moment of the whole holiday so far where I didn't have the phone with me. So the idea of reviewing, like for me personally, every week I have the Sabbath and I disconnect to reconnect. I turn off everything. I even got in the last few weeks, started to turn off the, it's right next to me here, the box that, you know, the Wi-Fi, um, whatever you call it, machine here. What would you call it? I don't know. Whatever the name of the, yeah, router. Thank you. I would turn off the router and sometimes my old router, that would actually mean I'd have to phone up the the internet company and get them to reset it because when you turn it off for some reason it messes up I don't know it's probably a crappy router but I got a new one thank god a powerful one and this one I turn off no problem comes the Saturday night and I turn it back on it works great so every Friday when the sun sets I'm turned it off and by the time Saturday nights come it's back on 
sometimes it would be better maybe not to turn it on so quick and get, even give him more time of just that disconnection because the idea of just having a full 24 hours at least of just disconnected time you know, even Jeff, as busy as he was, back in the day, he was all over the internet, from what I remember. He would um, disconnect completely on Yom Kippur, which is one of our holiest days. And he told me that was his one day's off the internet, off the grid, you know. So I try to do that on a weekly level, and when it's festivals, times a bit more. But the power of just not being online, not being available. And thank God, nothing has... I've never missed anything. I've never missed a business opportunity. Um, it, nothing ever happened that that I needed to know about, you know, everything was fine till now. And I've been doing this for over 20 something years. So I'm, I'm testimony that it works, you know, cause I did live before not doing this. And, um, I think that, you know, the whole high tech world and it has understood that there needs to be this kind of concept, this idea of sabbatical or Sabbath experience from the internet, especially with the amount that people are on now, just to take, take off screen time. Uh, personally, I always put my phones on airplane mode at the end of the day so I can do a review of the day and weekly. So I'm disconnected to reconnect. But the concept, in order to be a review, you have to not have all these voices of distraction around. You have to not have all these things pulling you away. So once you're in, engaged to the concept of review, and that's what the weekend hopefully is for, you're connecting truly to your family, connecting truly to yourself, so what your value system's about, you're hopefully learning a little bit, like reviewing literally what you achieved the week before, going over what your goals are for the new week, the mission statement, your dreams, your hopes for the new week to come. It's like a reset, and it's so powerful when you get into the cycle of it, of doing it weekly, and not just having it come like, you know, as a one-off, Maybe here and there, like, you know, once every few months, you get managed to take a day out. I think the fact that uh, one, another famous rabbi once said, I don't know how people can live without having this weekly time out. I don't know how people can cope with the constant pressure of, of the rat race and, uh, like, physically, emotionally, just even health-wise. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not doable mentally to just constantly be engaged and on ball for business and for money and for, you know, all the things that are pressuring us to have a day out, you know, just to say, no, I'm not engaging with this. I'm now engaging with something which is actually much more important and will fill me up in a way that I will then be 10 times more engaged afterwards and much more clear with my thought process, much more rested. I'll be able to have energy again, a renewal. My relationships are renewed. I've touched base with all the loved ones in my life. I've touched base, if you believe, in your creator, in, in, your, in the higher power that's guiding you in life. I've touched base with my teachings, my, my deeper message in this world. And this is crucial. And, and I'm not just bringing it as a Jewish person. I'm bringing it from someone like Stephen Covey, who I believe, I'm not sure exactly what he was, but I definitely think he was a very strong Christian. And he understood that the universal principles of the world are built in this pattern of seven, and you have to take out time on the seventh day, whatever that is. For Muslims, it would be Friday. For Christians, it would be Sunday. For Jewish people, it would be Saturday, right in the middle there, between the two religions, funny enough. And we have the opportunity to just internalize. You know, it's just a good side note to, to think that the Western world was more dominated by the Christian 
culture and the Eastern world more the Muslim culture and other religions. And in the middle is this little place called Israel and the Jewish people with this concept of the Sabbath, of this middle time of balance and disconnection from everything out there. And so we can just bring everything together in a unified way. That's the how personally I visualize my mission. I'm sitting in Jerusalem. I'm in the middle of the world, literally, physically. And I have the opportunity to hopefully unify all the different parts of the world. Where, whereas nowadays you wouldn't say it's just these two major religions. There's also, you know, different cultures and different ways of thinking. And now it's gone really wild with how people are, uh, are visualizing life and internalizing things. So we have the opportunity right now in 2021 to, to bring together a lot of concepts and a lot of wisdom because we've never been so open to so much. But the key is, do we have the ability to home in on what's relevant for us on a real level? Like it came to mind now as I was talking, a guy called Russell uh, Brand. You know, heard of Russell Brand? He's uh, got the English accent like me. And he's, he used to be a famous comedian. Now he's more of like a guru kind of guy. And he's really putting out a lot of content right now. And one of the things that he has potential to do, I don't know if he's going to do it, but he, he's in the place to do it because he has a big you know, impact socially and for, for his platform. And he's able to connect to a lot of big influencers now is that he has a certain openness of thought he's able to like go into almost anything, any discussion, and bring it together with somebody else. Now, I don't always agree with everything he says, honestly, and not everything he brings, brings the full picture, as I've seen the last few weeks. Um, certain things that he discussed over the last few months wasn't the full picture, but, you know, he's, he's a human being, everyone has their limitations, and this is what his, his, he's drawing towards him, these kind of people and this discussions. So one of the things that I would like to do personally is to understand that when we're reviewing wisdom and knowledge and bringing together a lot of different voices out there, we have to realize that in the end, the most important point for each of us personally is to be true to ourselves. We can't be everyone else's voice. We can't fill everybody's opinion and, and be able to be this like chameleon person of like, of light, of different colors and, and religions and races and be able to bring everything together in one big colorful picture because a person could lose themselves that way and lose their sincerity because then they're just trying to appease everyone instead of being real with themselves. You have to be strong in who you are. That was something a lot of my teachers demonstrated that even though they were very open and, and connecting to a large range of people, but they themselves are very strong in what they were and who they are. And they discover that through that, as you asked very wisely in our last session, how do you learn to trust in the soul? How do you trust the soul level? I remember you asked this question, and I think that question was probably the best question we've had so far, because I think that that is the key to this course, is to understand that the soul does have a voice, and that will be my next point in the course. What is our strongest voice within and in public? And that very much fits with Stephen Covey's eighth habit. He talked about this idea of servicing others and the voice, using our voice in this generation. Even in his time, there was still the power of the internet was developing and there was a power to now, as Jeff always used to say, use your voice to, to make change. We have that power now through the internet, even though there's been much more the last few years. 
um, control on the internet of whose voice is getting heard. So someone like myself, my ability to have my voice heard is still very limited because of the algorithms or because of different things. You know, I do have, thank God, a little bit of advertisement budget for the company I work for, which helps push the voice out a bit more. But it's still limited because some of the topics might not be what is, you know, trending right now. And I'm not going to be speaking about things just for the sake of trending. I'm going to be speaking about being authentic to myself and concepts. That's another important thing that when you're reviewing, that you have to remember that there's a lot of pressures out there trying to influence what do you think and how do you think. There's a lot of media control going on on a weekly level. So that's why it's so important to just disconnect and say, wait a minute, who am I? Stop all these voices. What is the soul level? What is my soul saying? I need to quieten down everything and just hear my true voice. Hear who I am. I can't put my message out there if it's completely mixed up with Russell Brand and Ben Shapiro and Bernie Sanders, all these different voices out there. I can't, and all these news channels, and I can't put my voice out if everyone else's voice is in my head. I have to take out those headphones or turn off the machines and just hear my own voice and start to listen. So that's why these two concepts go together. A review, to be able to review and internalize, we have to hear our own voice. We have to disconnect to reconnect, and we have to realize that we have to do it with, with enjoyment. We have to enjoy this process. It shouldn't be a painful. Because if it's painful, we won't remember it. It won't, it won't stay part of our being. Now, there, are, there is a whole aspect of our being, which is memories of pain and suffering, which is also a profound way of remembering something. But obviously, <laughs> we want to have a happy life, yeah? And we want to have a lot of emotional, positive bank account in our being, we want to have a nice investment in our soul. A lot, remember, the soul is a very delicate creation. It's, it's something which is light, and if you can formulate words to explain it, it's, it's often the voice of, of reason, of soul, of impact, of wisdom, of guidance in a good way. And you'll say, well, what is good? So you have to know that are absolute goods, like things that are absolute. Things that everyone in humanity, when it comes down to it, knows that this is right or wrong, or this is going to bring me to happiness or fulfillment, a feeling of fulfillment, a feeling of right, righteousness in, in, a, in a way not to put onto other people, but for, for yourself, your own self-worth, your self-esteem. And one of my favorite Stephen Covey quotes is, if you want to be happy, happiness is dependent on self-control meaning how much you're able, and we spoke about this last week, with synergizing and, and learning to listen to others, or not last week, last time we spoke, the last course uh, lesson, we spoke about the idea that you have to have some sort of self, self-maintenance system. You can't just be constantly busy with other people. You have to learn how to look inward and deal with yourself, deal with all the different drives and personality faults, things that need to be corrected, and that will lead to a lot of happiness. The more you control yourself, every time you want to go crazy at something, or like, you know, I was just in on my way to England, and there was a lot of, you know, two weeks ago I made it there, thank God, I saw my family. But there was a lot of stress, like in terms of the rules, 
and I only last minute booked because of the change of the rules last minute. My flight agent an hour before I got to the airport told me you need to go now, not next week. So I had an hour to do all the paperwork, the tests, everything. And that's really hard. And I managed to do it. Yeah. I was successful at doing it. So the point was there was a lot of stress and potential moment where I could be like really freaking out at my wife or my kids as I was packing and I needed their help and they were coming to me for things and my wife in the end kindly offered to drive me there and it was so nice of her but I had to get out of the house as quick as possible get to this airport and get all the paperwork done and thank God I managed to maintain the self-control where all those things and all the stages at the airport handing over the information some of it wasn't so uh -uh, and I managed to thank God get it through I kept my cool I kept self-control and I honestly felt at peace in myself because I was able to maintain a certain equilibrium. Even when I got to England and finally my thangle, my father was there and I was driving, my brother phones up, why are you here? You know, it was very hard for him. I maintained my equilibrium on some level with him. Him, a brother, I don't know if you relate to this, but a brother somehow, more than anyone around in my sphere of influence, of my circle of souls and connection, this one brother has ability to just push my buttons. We used to fight when we were younger. I don't know if you have this kind of experience, but I, I definitely do. And he somehow, and we started going back and forth in the car with my dad, and my dad was like, sort of amused, but at the same time, like, you know, calm down, you know, kind of thing. And thank God, by the end of the trip, we had a beautiful get-together at his house, and I was with his kids, and... Everything was fine. And the key was not to let it escalate. And in the end, it was just love. That's really what's, where it's all coming from. And, you know, just trying to tune again into the soul level that we're all connected and not letting things escalate in the wrong way. And that self-control, once again, when I went, came back to Israel, I, and I still had more things to show and I had to get out of quarantine. Thank God I was able to because I was negative. Corona test came out negative. Everything was good. But I just had that joy I had. That it was a successful trip. But it wasn't just because I connected with people I love. But I connected with people I love where I didn't let my negative sides ruin those moments. Ruin those experiences. And that was somewhat the victory. That was somewhat the success of the trip. Not, not even like the fact that I saw the people I love. But just the fact that I had self-control of myself. And, and you'll see that again on the weekend when you're with a family. There's going to be kids, there's going to be people pushing you to get you out of your equilibrium and not to have that more centered being. And you tune again into that balance, that true soul level, and you have that self-control again. And you suddenly see a lot of the tension dissipates when you do that. But once again, this, this comes with review. This comes with re- going over. What happened that week? What happened that week when I was in England? What did I Oh, yeah, I did. I made the right choice. There was a moment there. I was giving in to my negative sides towards my brother, but I I held back, and we made made as days went on. Didn't push it. Didn't make a fight. I was a little bit aggrieved, but then bit by bit it came to a positive place. So, and that that's the idea of reviewing an experience. But you do that in a moment of peace where there's no one needing your attention that moment. You do that review in a moment where you where you have the ability to view the experience in a more objective way. And that objectivity is, once again, very much the soul level. That answers your question. The objectivity is very connected to the soul level. That's how you start to trust in the soul. 
because it's much more objective. It's objective truths, objective realities of, of life. Where there's certain aspects of your life where you can just be truly objective. Now, you might need someone, once again, outside of yourself, like a, a guide or an a advisor or a therapist or even better for me personally, the soulmate or a teacher Whatever it is, someone outside of yourself, once again, to help you maintain that objectivity, because we generally are more subjective. But that will help keep boosting the trust in our soul level. And then, for when we're doing a review, we know we're reviewing correctly. Because like we said last time, the success is not going to be KPIs in business and, you know, how much you performed in making money and appeasing your company or boss or whatever, or clients. What's going to make you feel good is objective success. That you overcame your inclinations to get angry. You overcame your inclinations to overindulge in something which is going to make your body imbalanced and lose that healthier way of living life. You overcame your, your way of thinking that was incorrect. You were thinking negative about someone. You were angry. You weren't forgiving. You weren't able to have positive healthy emotions and you were able to work that through and come to a good state of mind so that now when you go into the next story of your life you're ready for it and that reminds us of the previous time we talked about renewal the idea of renewal is very connected to reviewing because it gives you ability to uh, to, to disconnect to reconnect and then when you go back into life you're renewed and you have that energy and now you have power emotional stamina my wife very cleverly, we're doing a podcast now. This is something new we started during these last few months. We've done three episodes in the last three weeks. It's called the Relationship Flow Podcast. I've been doing it by myself, but now my wife's joined me, and she spoke about emotional stamina. It's very important to develop emotional stamina. How would you do that? Once again, this renewal, the word she used is regrouping. Regrouping and gathering yourself together. That was the word my wife used. I think that's very important for this process. So I'm going to stop now at this point before we go into the, the other point we mentioned about our voice within, because that will be the, the climax of this session, Dan. I just ask you if you have any questions or any input on the, all these things we mentioned, because once again, you have to enjoy this session so you internalize it. It has to be meaningful, meaningful for you, not just for me. And then once it's that way, then you will take that with you into your daily life. Um, I, you know what, like this whole idea of emotional stamina is really, because emotional awareness, right? Like you have to be aware of your emotions, which quite honestly, we don't really hit the point in society. I think that's one of our biggest, um, downfalls, right? I know I, I, I focus on my children and helping them understand their emotions and recognize them. But this idea of emotional stamina and being able to stay controlled, right, internally for an extended period of time is something I've never really heard. So I'm really interested to see what that's all about. Um, because ultimately that's what it is, right? Is knowing your truth and being able to stay in that truth or have that stamina to weather the storm, I guess, maybe. And whether it's, you know, a family or a, a business adventure 
or something maybe even bigger. Who knows? But, um, you know, the authentic voice is what it's all about. Yeah, and that's what we're going to discuss, like, the next point. And in order to get there, we have to have this time out, this seventh day experience. And I don't, we're not, you know, pushing any religious aspect. I'm talking about for self-development. The idea of this as a human being, to unify. I would give you a, a deep concept in the aspects of just mysticism. It's good to know these mystical truths because it helps support a lot of the concepts of, of nowadays thinking. People don't realize, but it's all sourced in mystical foundations. They don't know that. It's a shame. And every time I'm listening, I'm like, if I could only have a conversation with one of these guys, a professor or, you know, or these big influencers, they would get such a joy from knowing that, that what they're, they're, they feel, they've suddenly realized this works for them, but they don't know where it comes from, what the source is. There's a mystical source to this. And the example of the seventh day is if you look in a room, I'm sitting in my bedroom right now, uh, it's the best Wi-Fi and it's a nice peaceful place. I, one of the boundaries I have on my door is I've got a very good lock, so no one can just come in when they want. That's a very, we talked about that with the children going to bed, not having them come in your room at night when it's bedtime to have that boundary that a lot of couples don't get that right. I've talked about that to other people as well. It's just simple things that you make boundaries. So I have a very good look. Anyway, but that's a side my point. My mother-in-law used to walk into my house, into my room. So yeah, so you... keep that a lock. Now, you've got, you got, <laughs> and it's a lock that you only have the key. I have like two keys like of yeah. that lock, and it's a good lock. And so therefore I know that it's either me or where I hid the key. That's it. There's no one else getting in that room. Anyway, so we've got, we've got this wall here and this wall here on the right and the left. The wall behind me, a wall in front of me. We've got the floor and the ceiling. This is a six-dimensional experience of when you're walking into a room. The six days of the week are connected to the idea of the six days of you know, we're getting a bit spiritual here, but six days of creation, the six days, thousand years of creation, this idea that the world is built in this aspect of six, you have this surrounding experience of a room, but then the whole point of building that room, of building that house, of building that mansion or palace or whatever it is, is now to walk into it and experience the space. That's the seventh dimension. So really, all the hard work you did those six days before and the six days again after are just to get to that middle point of the seventh where you experience now what did I do these six days yeah and that that's why on a weekly level you now can start to internalize you're entering into the inner chambers of your home that you built and this is a deep idea if you take the concept externally now put it inside you you've built the six aspects of your being and we have the six parts at the beginning of this course be proactive is the first one. I would say that's connected to kindness. Yeah. Then there's the idea of mis uh, mission statement. Keep the end in mind. Yeah. Focusing on goals and dreams. We spoke about that. Then there's the third point, and these are all personal development things. Nothing to do with anybody else. Being kind. You're doing kindness to others, but you. It's about how you're reacting. You're not reacting. You're being proactive. You're being going seeking out, as we spoke about in the first part of our course. Then the idea of mission statement is you have goals of what your life. You're here for a purpose. Now you have the concept of time management and being proactive in a way that's prioritized. You know who you need to put that energy into. 
and it fits perfectly with your mission statement because your mission statement is guiding where you put your time into. So it's restraining this kind person that you developed on the first point to now guide that energy towards effective time management in your life. And that's why all three help complement each other and they help you become a better person in your daily life. Once you've done that, you, on a private level, you can now go be successful publicly. Now you can be, this is the fourth level, win-win. And care about building people around you, building a business, building opportunities, caring about other people's success. Then you get to listening to others, to really know what the success another person needs to have. You have to learn to listen to them, to understand them. That's the fifth principle. And then the sixth one is synergizing, bringing it all together. So that, what I would say is, the six days of the week is connected to these six parts of our course that we started off with. And then comes the seventh, and now it's going in and experiencing it. Now it's actually bringing it to real life. Now you're actually, you've, you've built that building, but you, now you're actually, you know, having a party inside. Now you can enjoy life. Now you can experience life. If you think about it, it's very profound, and it's in the pattern of, of our daily life. And it's based on very mystical truths that people don't know has a source of mysticism, but it does. I don't even know if Stephen Covey knew it. And then it comes to the eighth, the idea of eighth. Now that's the eighth note on the scale. We mentioned it before. And this is going to take us to the next point, And it will come back into emotional stamina because it's very important that what you put uh, your finger on, I think is the key for right now, what we're going through in our generation, the challenge. As you, you actually said it, and I totally feel it. Like, I'm experiencing it. Like, the challenge is emotional well-being, emo- mental well-being. The, the, the mental health crisis is what the world needs to focus on, not in this pandemic. Big mistake. Governments, big mistake. Anyone who's focused on just he- uh, fighting the virus, they're missing 99% of really what will give you the power to fight any virus or fight any problem, any economic challenge. If you're not mentally healthy emotionally, you haven't got the emotional strength to deal with your life, and you're just being told again and again, fear, 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 all this negative emotion, and they're feeding all the wrong aspects of the human soul, so then, or not even paying attention that you have a soul, so then the world out there is unfortunately coming to a breaking point, and we can see it, it's not like, I'm not making this up, just go on the news, but the point, I mean, I wouldn't waste your time on it, but the point is that that's what's going on out there. Now, we have to get away from that voice out there and get to the true voice. That's the soul voice. That's the eighth level. That's this eighth part of the course. And it's the idea that Stephen Covey called it the eighth habit. I would call it the inner voice, the, the, the idea in, in mystical texts, it's called bina, or under, excuse me, understanding. Understanding is very connected to what we spoke about internalization. That was the seventh point. But understanding, once you've internalized, now you can start to understand and draw comparisons for everything in your life. And it's a much more intellectual aspect, but it has the keys to your heart. This is very deep. This is a, this is a mystical concept that's brought down by very holy people, but the idea is it's called the knowing heart. Your heart has an intrinsic wisdom that we call intuition. Um, in the mystical books, it's called Bini Asera, a, a profound intuition, a higher level form of intuition that gives you ability to tune into the flow of life and to connect and understand the divine flow in everything going on. 
And now all the previous points we mentioned all start to integrate and make sense. And then your voice is coming from this place of understanding. And not, we're not just talking about understanding another person, like the fifth habit of listening to understand someone. We're not just talking about that. We're talking about a voice that understands deep, profound concepts on a deeper level. So like I can take a room and now understand that that isn't just whatever. It's built in a specific way of six dimensions to teach you something deep about life. That there's an inner aspect, there's a point to the room. And that gives you a, a, a reason to do that on every level, to go to the root level. And how does it connect to the level above the room? That's the eighth level, this octave, this higher place. This gives us ability to look from a higher place. Once again, we're trying to get out of ourselves to get to a more objective place of soul. That's where the soul can start to communicate through that higher objective level that's above your building that you've built. It's not even within, it's above it. And then it can enter and start to infuse the whole building with life and energy and wisdom and understanding. And once you understand this, then you can start going to the other two even higher levels of the course, which we'll get to in the, hopefully the next time of August the 17th. But the, the idea is that we can't go to those, those really profound levels that make unification of everything in your life. You can't go to them until you've first made room for this profound intuition. For me personally, I wouldn't be here looking like this. I'd just be some, I don't know, secular, nothing to do with spirituality, business guy. Until I open that part of myself up. You know, I don't know what they call it in, um, you know, in other religions. You know, maybe there's names for it nowadays that people have for the this eye. They call it the third eye or what? There's different names that people explain it on a mystical level, but I don't want to get caught up with that, because then we miss the, the universal truth of it. Because then we're stuck, oh, that's from that religion, or that religion, or that place, or that place. Fine, if that interests you, go pursue it. But the, the main point is to bring into this course that we have a higher level self. It surrounds us, it's a light, and it brings together and clarifies constantly what we're doing in life. It helps, guides us, it pours light into our everyday life, so that we don't feel totally vulnerable. Because remember, you know, if you listen to say, someone like Joe Rogan, he'll tell you, or say it straight, you're just this ball of like flesh and blood, and any minute like a thing can come in and burst that bubble of, you know, this sort of container of physicality, and it's so fragile, a little crash here, a little, you know, poke there. A person is so vulnerable, physically. And the nowadays with this tiny little microscopic virus, so vulnerable. But to understand that no, there's something beyond myself that is protecting me and guiding me and giving me energy and life. And it's really the source of my deeper understanding. It's the source of my soul level. It's the source of my intuition to know whether to go into that business deal, to know whether to go into that date with that girl. To know whether to continue with this relationship or not. How do we know? How do we make our decisions in life? How do we choose? And if we understand that the power of choice is so profound, it's such an important gift in our daily life. And it's, life is not just happening to us. We choose. We have choice. And to give strength to that choice and to allow the flow of life and the soul to influence our choice will give us the deepest level of fulfillment the deepest level of joy. 
is very one and connected this idea of understanding with the, the aspect of joy. Yeah, in the mystical texts, it says there's different realms in the heavenly realms. The realm of understanding and joy are pretty much one place. Now, how how would you experience that? I don't know if you've ever done any intense learning that you actually enjoyed, but if you did, or when things started to make sense, say even watching a good film, let's bring it down to like, you know, a Netflix film. Yeah, not the, most of them are crap nowadays, honestly. Yeah, a majority of the documentaries are, are scandalous for the soul. But here and there, there's a golden movie. Here and there, even nowadays, they still make something good. I don't know, it escapes Hollywood or something. They, they wouldn't get their dirty hands on it. And comes out a good movie, yeah? And this, what makes it good is suddenly it makes sense. There's an understanding. And that gives you a deep inner joy when you hear and put together the whole picture of the movie. What, all the characters and all the different parts and all the different shots. And a good director brought you on a journey and made sense of something very profound and deep that you suddenly got. And that was a, wow, that was a great movie. That's when you say it, when you get it. You get the movie, you get the point of this movie, and you're like, yes, that was great. Or some movies, they leave you on the edge, but you still got you're on the edge. You understand, wow, I didn't really understand anything of this, but it took me on a, on a roller coaster emotionally, and, and I experienced something profound here. So those good movies are just a little taste of what wisdom can do, true wisdom, or true understandings. And this is say, you know, you watch a documentary, or you watch a good speaker, someone who's really making sense you start to really get a certain joy from it that you wouldn't have got watching, um, I don't know, God forbid, like a porno or, you know, that will stimulate other aspects. News. Or the news, even worse. Politician. Politician. <laughs> yeah, you watch like some real dumb politician just lie out of his teeth, yeah? And he's just full of lies and corruption, agendas. There's nothing there that's even probably worth giving two seconds for. It's all just BS from beginning to end, yeah? So that kind of experience, you don't come out, you know, it's like, it's just the opposite. You're frustrated that they get away with this day after day, that they're lying and lying and lying and people fall for it. People empower these people, these Mishugayim, these crazy people. And you like, how are they in power? Like, they're such dumbasses, excuse my language, yeah? And it's, and maybe that's why they're in power, because they're the only crazy people crazy enough to want the power. But us normal people, hopefully, if we're normal on some level, we have the ability to understand that we're not going to get a joy from that experience of giving energy to that and time to that and internalization. So that comes back to the idea of the seventh day or that seventh time, that, that seventh part of our course of internalization. Really, you should have a profound joy. And that's why it should lead to that next level, because now you've internalized what happened in the week. You've made sense of it. You've understood everything before. And now you're, that's part of the renewal process. Mentally, you're making sense of your life. You're making sense of everything we spoke before about being proactive and having mission statements. And you used your time effectively in the week. You lived up to your goals. You were proactive. You were kind. You had self-restraint. Yeah. You you were you built other people around you. You built your wife, your kids, your ex-wife, whatever. You knew how to make boundaries. Your ex-mother-in-law. You made boundaries. You feel good. You're like, wow, I did well this week. You know, and, and some things I didn't. You know, I'm going to work on that. And now you say, I listen to that person. I'm listening to that person in front of me now. 
And then, you know what, I synergized, I became one with that person. I experienced a certain bond with that person, it was very fulfilling. And even during this Corona challenge time, and this is where it comes, brings us to the emotional stamina aspect. It's been challenging for all of us. This has been draining, because we've been sucked. So much emotional positive has been sucked out of us because of the Corona thing. Like Every time I couldn't get to see my family, or couldn't get to see my friends, and I felt like this iron wall in front of me, blocking me from the things I want to do, it was very emotionally draining. So rather than get caught up, I had to build a higher level to view my life. I had to go above the iron wall in front of me and say, look, no, I'm a soul. And my soul level connects with all those people that are on the other side. And I'm really joined together with all those people. And no one can ever push me away from being joined with those people. And not only that, the soul level is constantly renewing my energy and giving me emotional strength. And one of the things my wife said, okay, that's very nice, Ellie. That's what she said to me. You know, spiritual, you know, renewal. But what about down here? I need to know how to do it down here on an emotional level in a more physical way, not just this high spiritual way. So she's right. You know, that's one of the differences between man and woman generally. You know, obviously every woman and man are different, but on a general level, men are, are a bit more theoretical or abstract. Me, definitely, I'm built that way. And women are much more practical. Like, for example, a man has a seed of inspiration and it comes through his body and it can create life or it can create nothing. Yeah, it can just go in the toilet or wherever. God forbid. And a woman takes that seed and builds a real human being with that egg of hers. And that's practical. A real life comes out. Not just this seed. Without the woman, the man can't create anything with the seed. Yeah? You can feel maybe a bit of pleasure, maybe a short-term moment of dopamine or whatever it's called, but we're not going to feel anything lasting. A woman is building a child of life. And that is the idea of practical, bringing it into reality. So she would say to me, Ellie, you know, I need to regroup. I need to take time with you and talk. I need to take time away from the grind and gather myself. I need, she, for example, is very into saying psalms. She gets a lot out of psalms, you know. Would you believe it? She's a modern girl. She went to fashion school, cool, lovely lady, and she understands psalms, calms her soul. You know, people, if only they knew the power of psalms. I mean, Oprah, she quotes psalms all the time. But most people in the world think that's some old, you know, book, dusty book, and I'm doing my life. My wife gets a therapeutic experience from saying psalms. There's something powerful there. Just the process of these holy words, saying them, and there's, there's some sort of poetry and song in there that was originally the formula of how it was created. And there's something there. And she gets a, re, a renewal, a regrouping from that. Or another thing, to do art, to do music, to other creative avenues, yeah? To sing, to eat together with people you love. To, 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 I go out for a drink with my wife. We have an iced coffee or something, yeah? She likes the almond one, so we have to get the almond one. You know, healthy, it has to still have some balance of health, not indulging overly. But the idea of having that time out to renew. Personally, I go swimming. Yeah, a few times a week. Might not look like that, but trying to get myself back in shape. Yeah, the idea of swimming. I used to love the gym. That's where I actually met my wife in the gym. That was the first time we actually ever spoke. Was uh, in a proper way. Was in the gym, running around the running track. So, 
the gym is a powerful place. Exercise. I don't know nowadays if all the gyms make a gym in your house. You have all these amazing tools now with these biking apps, and you can just you know do the full workout just in your own space, even while you're working. People are managing to pull it off or listening to a podcast or whatever. You create moments of renewal and re-energization. And emotionally, these will all nourish yourself. Now, I would say once again, don't discount the soul level. Don't discount that you have this higher element that's above you and surrounding you. You have a light that protects you in life. People don't believe in this enough. Believe in the truth that you have an aura, a light, a force, a higher force that's protecting you and nourishing you and what's only good for you in this world. And that power can give you a lot of support in all difficult situations. You're never really alone. People are suffering a lot from loneliness. No, you're never really alone. You're always connected to that higher force, that highest aspect of yourself that's one with this higher force. And to understand it, you can bring that into yourself. So that kind of voice, that's an eternal voice. That's a voice that never can be just put out, can never be blocked off by an iron wall or a government restrictions. It can never be held back from fulfilling its higher mission because it's above whatever this world can put in, in its way. And it has a power to overcome everything. It, it, we'll talk about it in the next one, how there's even higher levels that can give much more strength to this. But just on an emotional level, to understand that joy and healthy emotions are coming from this, this inner self, from this inner voice, and you have to cultivate it, you have to nourish it, and it will give strength to all the other aspects of your soul, all the other aspects of your physical being. It will give you clarity, and it takes time to invest in it. Personally, I think prayer is very helpful. I think meditation, I think the learning deeper wisdoms is very helpful. And also being around people who bring it out. That's for me, like once again, I would say that a woman has much more sensitivity to this than a man. A man is much more intellectual, much more black and white. A woman has ability, in my, my experience, not everyone would agree with me, but that's my experience, my soulmate, for example, is very strong in this. She has a very profound intuition, very strong intuition, and I trust it. When I make decisions in life, like if someone is a good influence on me, and she says, no, I will listen to her. And I'll give you an example. Very famous business people would bring their wife to their business meetings. To, they'd have dinners together with their new potential partners and collaboration. And one of the advice I heard from one of these great podcasts was, I think it was Tim, Tim Ferriss, he interviews very high-level business people, he would bring his wife along, and she would assess afterwards if this guy's legit to go ahead with business. And I mentioned to you before a guy, a friend of mine, Gedalia Fenster, he does the same thing. He actually fired 90% of his workforce once he brought his wife into the business, because his wife just sensed this guy, this guy, no, no, no. He real, it, it seemed like a complete disaster, he just like destroyed his business. Within a few months, he completely rebuilt his business and it was triply or quadruply more effective, the business, because the new people he brought in were with that profound intuition, were with that extra level of understanding and it was filtered out all the mess, all the noise, all the people that were self-interest and weren't interested really in the good of the business and it was brought in a whole new level of quality of staff. So someone who's running HR, for example, they should have that kind of intuition. They need to have it. 
to be able to really build a good management team, to build a good staffing. These are things that start to impact business. And people take for granted if they have it. They don't know where it comes from, that it comes from the source of the soul level. They think it comes as just a gift they have, come from, from, from wherever, from the galaxy. They don't know. They, you know, a few atoms bang together. They don't realize that they're actually, they've tapped into something very profound, or they were given that gift to, that somehow their, their mother was maybe more intuitive, and they attached themselves to that aspect of their mother, or wherever it came from, on a mystical level, or just they were around very intuitive people their whole life, so opened up their intuition inside of them, or they happened to have that kind of soul, where the source level, that soul is very intuitive, it, there's a lot of explanations I could give you, but the point is, you need to develop it. Everyone needs it. And if you don't have it on such a high, strong level, bring in your wife. Bring in someone who has it. And if your wife doesn't have it on such a strong level, I don't know. <laughs> That's a hard one. I, w- I would suggest that you haven't really got to know her properly. You haven't done the seventh habit of really just being with her and fully engaging, and you haven't removed the layers yet of the person to really understand that underneath there's a very deep, profound soul. You've just touched the surface. She's like hot or whatever. She she fulfills you physically and you're just busy with that side of her. But that that would be a mistake on the man's side that he's not fully engaging in the woman aspect of deep intuition. He's not engaging on the soul level of his soulmate. He's not just talking to her physically or dealing with her, buying her off with gifts. That is a mistake. The successful people out there are engaging with people on the profoundest level and drawing out the deepest aspects of the people around them. And therefore they're pulling out true information, true experiences, and much more wisdom and gold that's within people. People are diamonds. People have so much wisdom. You just have to remove the layers of dirt. It's been buried because of trauma or you know negative intentions. or We have to draw out the diamond within a person and bring out all their qualities. And you have to do that first in yourself, as we mentioned, the first habits, and then you bring it out of the people around you, your soulmate, or your business partners, and then slowly in your family, and then your sphere of influence, you start to draw in these kind of amazing qualities around you. And it's not, it doesn't always have to be from you, but you're able to, to bring out those profound qualities around you. That's what a true... A true individual does. They build the people around them. They're not just building themselves. And it's a much more profound effect on your life when the people around you are, are, are fully effective. They're fully alive. And that, that is what I'd say the name of this course today is reviewing this to bring us alive. We have to come alive from this. And then, once again, we'll remember everything because it was so meaningful. You don't forget what we're talking about because it's such impactful wisdom. It's it's so profound. It's so deep into the level of the soul. How could you forget it? It's eternal wisdom. These are things that you can't just put aside. So you don't forget a, 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 a good moment with someone. You know, like I've reviewed many times already the trip to England because it was so profound. The experiences I had with the people in my life that every step of that trip was meaningful. Literally, and it was such a joy. It created such a joy inside of me because I really have touched base with people, you know, and that I care about. And that's the kind of life we should live every day. It should be a meaningful, profound life. It shouldn't just be whatever, like, like this person's in my way now. 
No one person, doesn't matter who they are, they're never in your way. If they're in your, in your, you know, sphere, they're, they're coming, you're experiencing them. Doesn't matter who it is, it could be the, I don't order on Amazon, never order on Amazon in my life. I'll be one of the few people that probably can say that nowadays online. I never order on Amazon. But just say, an Amazon guy comes, I've ordered from a takeaway, so a takeaway guy comes, yeah? You can give him a tip, or give her a tip, you can give him a smile, you're in an Uber, you, I was in an Uber in London. For some reason, the Uber guy said he couldn't close the windows. I don't know if it was a new rule in Uber in England where they couldn't close the windows because of this whole thing. And it was boiling hot, and he didn't have an air conditioner on. And he was suffering. So I just like tried to be a little bit like empathetic towards him, just to ease a little bit of suffering. You know, plus I was suffering sitting in the car, but try to be a little bit empathetic. This dude's driving around, and it's boiling hot. <laughs> and we weren't moving so quick, so because it was a lot of traffic, so it was really hot. And just feel for this dude, you know, that in itself. Don't discount anyone, even if he was discounting himself even. Don't discount them. Every soul is a profound diamond. It's just a matter of learning how to look for that and tune into that. And we've mentioned that, remember your TED Talk is going to be about removing all those garments, all those layers, yeah? The, The police guy goes through all the trauma, all the different aspects of his day and so he can keep remaining himself and centered so so too with other people to to remember they also have all these garments and you have to learn how to bring out those those godly aspects those soulful aspects in people around you and it's something which you know takes a lot of thought a lot of self-development and it's a different life you start to hear the voice of this world differently you're you're hearing it on a more deeper level any other questions before we end off today what, what did you resonate with? I'm interested to hear from you. You know, um, the intentionality behind life and, and understanding or being aware and having that intelligence and then being able to apply it, right? So the six days, and I've never seen, you know, heard it explained like your house, right? Yeah. But... It makes so much sense. Uh, you know, a music studio is like that as well. They put sounds in different parts of the room. And that's how they lay out, like there's some studio apps, they lay out sounds around the room so they can, you know, the, the studio itself, they actually have like a visual way of viewing all the different sounds and putting it in the room so they can match it up so it sounds the best. The bass and the... I don't know how to do it personally, I never ran a studio, but I've worked in studios, I've seen them do it. So it is, like, these concepts do come alive. I'm sure with virtual reality that's being developed, they're constantly thinking about space and how they're going to fill it, you know, in a virtual sense, you know. Right, and then being able to enjoy that space you're in, right, is ultimately what I took out of it, and if you're just living the rat race and your first day goes to your second day, goes to your eighth, and now all of a sudden you're on day 2000 and something, have you really lived your life? And, you know, so taking that time to connect with yourself, most importantly, but then that'll allow you to connect with others. Yeah. And hear, hear the blend, right? Not so much like how everything just kind of blends together and joins, and there's no one perfect right or one perfect wrong, but there's this melody, you want to use music, right, I hear the word melody to to life, 
and to the people you are interacting with or the business you're running? Like, is there a melody behind, behind what you're doing? And is there a melody to your life? You know, what's your, one of my favorite things is like, what's your life's playlist? What music are you listening to? You know, and, and, and it's, you yeah. know, what's feeding you? Yeah, like all those musicals, like people are walking around singing. Imagine, like, why can't life be, at least on some level? It says, when they talk about the idea of the messianic days, that's one of the concepts that people will sing to each other. They won't just talk anymore. People will be so full of life and joy, it will be a constant song going on in people's lives. There'll be, like, all their emotions will be picked up to a place of ecstatic expression. You know, imagine a world like that. Why do we have to live so pissed off and miserable? What's the point of it? It's not helping anything. It's, it's just hurting yeah. ourselves. Like, we have yeah. to come to a certain ecstatic awakening of mindfulness and mi- uh, consciousness. Like, we have to start thinking in bigger ways, in, in deeper ways that impact our daily life. And Well, it's going back to your soul. Yeah. Right? For me, once I knew my... Once I started recognizing my soul and, and what really meant something to me, all that other outside noise and that, I mean, it was polarized. So, like, I, I hear a politician, I'd be like, wow, that's just, like, crazy. But it didn't affect me internally. And so it was, okay, you know, this is my truth and this is how I'm going to go about life. Um, and in the end, I'm the only one that I can control, right? But everybody wants to control everybody else. And I love people that, I love the people that you can tell have taken the time to come to their truth, whether it's in line with yours or not. You can't deny somebody's reasoning for doing something if they've actually taken the time to internalize or to evaluate on that seventh day, per se, right? Yeah. And, and, Even know. businesses need to do it. You know, they have a, in Israel it's called a Yom Kibush, but in, I suppose the rest of the world it would be like a, what would you call it, when they have a day where they all get together as staff and go some to a hotel or some fun place. I don't know, there's probably a name for it for companies to do this, but a, a seminar, I don't know, whatever they call it. But the point is it should be part it's very, of the, huh? It's very huge far between nowadays every company needs to do it i mean it's just a must when we did it in our corporate setting they were the best days we bonded we connected we emotionally we renewed we came back to work ready you know everyone one of the the good things about this company they even had um opportunity to like each person throughout the year to contribute to these special get-togethers you know to have a role like i was the guy who would be involved with bringing musicians and you know, to, to make it a fun day for the companies. Yeah. And it created a bonding of the workers that we had, instead of everyone competing with each other, we were a team. And yeah. there's so much there's so much need for those emotionally positive moments in business to, to give the strength, the stamina, to be able to do more the next stage of whatever the business needs to go into, you know? Well, and to give people a voice, you know? Like... I noticed that the company I'm trying to create, the more I can get people to give their opinion and share their views and to, you know, to expand the conversation, 
whether or not that gets implemented or not, the fact that they feel comfortable and free enough to know that their voice does matter, they do have an experience within this world um, regarding what, you know, what I'm doing, it, it just adds value. There's no right, technically right or wrong answer, um, but it's that everyone's answer, everyone's story is, is their truth, right? So, um, and giving people a voice is huge because, I mean, we don't teach our kids to have one. As sad as it sounds, that's not, it's, you know, be quiet, read this book. You know, yeah. do this test or report. <laughs> so so I, it's it's a shame, and I'm trying to bring it out of my kids more that they each have their own unique voice. You know, it's it's a challenge, but I'm learning to let go. That's one of the key tools. And let each one shine in his own way or her way. And they really are all different. It's unbelievable. I have six children, so they're all so unique. You know, it's um, one of them, my children just flew to Ukraine. Another child just went up north to... Um, to a water area um, called it's called the Canary. Uh, it's a beautiful place up there. Another of my daughter just moved house. She's married, and you know another. My younger three, each one in their own way. One's going to a very high level school. Another one's continuing on the school, and it's going to need a lot of tuition. And then another child is thank God every school that she's gone to, she's just shines. She's doing so well. And each one is completely different academically on every single level. They're completely different. And they've all got to shine in their own unique way. And it's just about me letting go and encouraging that and not trying to like get them all into yeah. boxes and having my agendas yeah. and get rid of all of that. And if the school tries to put it on too much, well, then we have to move school. You know, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Like, yeah. it, it's not worth it. You know, like people, the success stories I hear are people that are strong enough to stand up for themselves. And my kids, thank God, one of the things my one of my holy teachers has taught me when he's met my kids is no matter how crazy it gets, like even if one of them got involved with the police or whatever happened, my, my teacher kept saying to me, beautiful child, so much ability, so much strength. No matter what I told them, they couldn't see past how amazing each one of them is. It, it didn't matter how much I tried to give them information otherwise, just because that's what I was feeling as a parent, a frustrated parent. They just kept seeing this amazing person that's growing and finding its way and has tremendous abilities and will slowly, it will go in the right way, in the right direction. Anyway, I want to carry on, but we're going to have to go to the next time, please God. And I want to thank you for your time. I think it's very important what we spoke about. And just to mention that a guy in a record store once told me, we'll end on this, every single person, I worked in this store, it was a cool record store, every single person has a song and a book inside him. Just a matter of believing enough to bring it out. So I think you were saying that yourself, and it's just a matter of us building it ourselves. I'm trying to build that song in that book, and building it in the people around us, giving them the space to find their song and their book, their story. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Beautiful. Keep Thank up. You, keep connected. Week. You too. See you next Enjoy it every moment. Yeah. Bye. Just uh, where is it? Record. Recording stopped. Thank you.